Welcome to the Engage Church Duluth podcast, where together we are learning to love God and people better. You'll find links, notes, and insights that go along with this episode at the link in our podcast description and on our website at engagechurchduluth.com. We're so glad you're joining us today. Morning, everybody. How are you doing? All right. Well, this is Engaged Church. We're so happy to have you this morning. Hope you got yourself a cup of coffee or some water. You're comfortable. I want to welcome everybody watching online right now. Um, It's sunny in Duluth, Minnesota. And guess what? It's only like, what, three below? So, hey, heat wave, right? This is a great spring right now. So, no, um, what a blessing that we have some nice weather out there as far as sunny at least. But, boy, it's chilly, isn't it? Yeah. So, I want to encourage you guys... um, You know, we have, uh, if you're new here, I understand that um, this necessarily wouldn't be uh, for you right away, or you might not feel like it, but I want to encourage you uh, to be a little brave and and try it out. But we have two things here at Engage where where, uh, we really try to connecting people. See, our purpose of opening up the doors is, is really two simple things, is we want to connect people with God, because when you connect with the heart of God, life changes, like something special happens, right? And then we want to connect people with the church family because we actually confess to God for forgiveness. That's something that only God can do in our lives, but we confess to one another for healing. We live life together. Did you realize you weren't meant to live alone? Like you were meant to be in communion with other people and and talk with other people and get to know other people. And so One way that we do that, or I guess a couple ways, we have a couple environments. One is a connect group, and a connect group is there's really no obligation um, to to continue on every single week. There's, There's nothing like that. It's just a time to get to know people that you gather with on a Sunday morning. And so there's, there's uh, some information on the back table. You can see a date. They, they usually get together. They play some games. They talk. They have coffee. It's, it's all of that. Then we have a grow group. And grow groups are more like, we just like to call it what it is. We're, we're growing in God's word. We're growing in his truth and his promises and his grace. And, and so that's an opportunity for us to be able to get together, you know, maybe get into God's word a little bit, talk about our, our spiritual life and, and grow together. You get what I mean? So there's the connect group that's like totally, uh, really laid back, just connecting. They're not going to be like, hey, we had you come over to play Monopoly and I'll bam, hit you in the face with a Bible or something like that. You know, there's no surprises. It's just totally hanging out. And then there's other opportunity to, to grow in your faith and learn together. I just want to strongly encourage that for you guys. It, it's, there's something healthy about about that, there's something powerful about that. And so I just want to open up, uh, I'd like to pray for us today before we get into God's word and, um, and just kind of uh, move forward with that. So Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for who you are. Uh, you're so gracious. You, you are, you're a God that is for us. And we recognize, even though it's hard to believe, we, we realize we can say boldly who can be against us if you are for us. Your presence is so powerful, and we thank you for it here this morning. Um, as we go into your message and we hear a little bit from your word, I pray that we would uh, put our experiences aside, put what we think we know aside, and, and just allow your spirit, your presence to fill in the void there. We need you today, Jesus. And so we thank you for being here, we thank you for being present, and we thank you for what you're going to do. We pray this in your name. Amen. So we've been having a conversation. Um, <clears throat> excuse me for doing this. I'm not like a prima donna here, but Eric, could you grab me a glass of water? I'm just like, got something going on here. Um, so uh, 
is prima donna a bad thing or something like that? I don't know. But anyhow, I don't usually call out orders, but bring me a glass of water, please. Um, so we've been in this conversation about change your mind, change your world. It, literally, I just believe this is like a thumping on my heart that I just know that I know that I know in my knower that God wants to completely change your world in 2019 and the years to come. Thank you very much. Ten glasses of coffee this morning was probably not a good idea. Man, um, but I just believe that God wants to change your world individually. If you're here this morning, you're not sure what you think about God, Jesus, this church, anything, I want you to know that God wants to do something special in you individually. We don't serve this small God that we just kind of read about in a book and, and there's a couple lines about him. We serve this eternal ever-present, ever-existing. We just serve this powerful God who created universes through a word that he said. He breathed life into man, and that word is continuing to expand when we look at the galaxies that are continuing to expand and things like, let there be light is still in existence. That's my man right there. Thank you. Still in existence. This is a big God. This is a God worth considering, this is a God that we can't just approach that idea and say, meh, maybe I'll check that out next year. I mean, we have to ask some questions. And it's okay to ask questions. But this is a God who wants to, who wants to individually change your life. Some of us, we, we are just in this spot where, where we've, we've really have this, um, this, this prison built up of lies in our life. And this is what the enemy does. He starts to tell us uh, that we're somebody that we're not. He starts to tell us that we're unworthy and we start to believe these lies. Maybe that we're shameful or, or that we can never be loved or we'll never get out of this attitude or we'll never get out of this addiction or this financial thing. And it starts to build these walls up around us. And in our mind, in our mind, we believe these things. And that's why we're talking about change your mind, change your world. Because God will help you. He is there for you. He's for you. And if he's for you, who can be against you? But there's science, there's science in this, is that we actually have these pathways in our brain. I'm not going to go too far into this. I am no professor here, right? But we actually have these pathways in our brain. And we need to actually think about what we think about. Because as we think a thought, it gets easier to think it. How many times did I say think right there? Four, five, six, all right. It gets easier to think that thought. I, I've been using the example that it's kind of like, you know, if you, if you have these woods that have never been touched, like this forest, right? And there's a herd of deer that walk, walk the path. Well, at first, they're walking it slow. They're kind of getting up and over things and they're crunching things down. But as they walk it, it gets easier and easier and easier, doesn't it? Until there's a pathway. And now they know that's the way I go. That's the direction I go. Well, the fortunate thing and the unfortunate thing is we do the same thing in our brains. As we think a thought and we continue to think it, it gets easier. We create these pathways in our brain. The problem is, is when those pathways are a lie. There's a, there's a battle in our minds and it's constantly between God's truth and the enemy, Satan's lies in our life. And some of us have just been in prison. That addiction that you're fighting, that emotion that you feel about that self, that self-esteem that's, that's, that's um, uh, uh, rough right now, that, that idea that you can't get out of something like financial struggles or, or that your marriage can't be renewed and, and on fire again, that is a pathway you're creating and you need to think about what you're thinking about. And God's word would say it like this. 
Take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. Wrestle that thing and line it up against God's truth in your life. This is our responsibility. When we change our minds, our world will change. Some of us, it's just here. It's just here. And we need to talk about those things. Um, I want to start in a story that's so special to me. Um, today, yeah, this is going to be an interesting morning. That's all I got to say. What a way to open up, right? But this is a story that is absolutely special to me. It, it literally, this story changed a pathway in my mind of just being, realizing that God's best is always in front of me, whether I can see it or whether I can't. Knowing that no matter what ledge he's asking me to walk up to, I can let go of that in free fall, just knowing that he has it. This has shaped me as a husband, as a father, as a man, as a pastor, and as a Lions fan, as you can see. I always trust that the year's going to be better. Um, you Viking fans know we never get anything accomplished. But no booze on that one. Okay, I was waiting for it, but... No, no booze on comparing the Lions to Vikings. Okay. Yeah, right. So in, ver, uh, in chapter 12 of Genesis, we kind of pick up Abraham's call. At the time, he's called Abram, so, so you're going to see that. But I just want to read from here and, and talk a little bit here. So I'm going to read you a story, and then we're going to kind of go into another story. So here it is, verse 12, uh, 1. It says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. So just, this is your direction, go. And here's what I'm going to do. You know, you don't see this yet, but this is what's going to happen. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Man, I want that God on my side, amen? That's pretty awesome. And, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. What a promise. But here Abram is, he, he's comfortable. See, it says that he wants, he wants you to go from, from your country. Go from your home, the, the comfortableness of your home. Go from everything that you know. I'm, I'm asking you to leave that. And not only that, I'm asking you to leave your friends, your family. And I want you to just go blindly into this direction. But what I, what I want through that and, and what I'm going to show you is that I'm going to do something in that. There's a purpose behind this. You don't think that Abram needed to change some pathways in his mind there? I mean, this is completely irrational. Let's just be honest. I mean, he probably was set up with his father, like whatever his father was doing and farming and all that kind of good stuff. And he knew like, man, once, once the old man, you know, kind of goes to the heavens above, I, I got a nice life here. I got a nice wife. I got family around me. I got friends around me. And, and it's just, it's all good. It's comfortable. It's, it's, it's where I need to be. But then God kind of comes in there and says, hey, this isn't going to make a lot of sense, but I want you to leave all that. I want you to go to a country. By the way, I'm not going to tell you where you're going. It's going to be a country and a land that I will show you. I want you to step out. I want you to start walking. I want you to start moving. And I want you, more importantly, to trust me. And see, this is, this is um, an incredible lesson in changing our mind and changing our world. A lot of us, we, you know, there's nothing wrong with planners and strategic people. There's plenty of those people here. I am not like that. Sometimes I'm just like, let's just run and go and like, yeah, we're going to skin our knees and bump our heads, but let's just do it anyhow. It's kind of fun. I like that kind of pace, right? 
But then I have normal people around me who kind of rein me in and say, listen, like we can't necessarily do that, right? You gotta think about what you're doing. Some of us, though, we need to experience this kind of trust in God in our spiritual life. It's freeing, it's a journey, it's exciting. See, God wants to do something very powerful in you individually. And in order to do that, He's asking you to do something. You're going to have to irrationally trust him. Now, I'm not saying that he's asking all of us to leave our land or leave our families or things like that. Please don't get that out of it. But God's speaking to us. He's alive. This morning, we did not come into a funeral, right, where there's this dead God that we serve. This is a man that hung on a cross, died. Three days later, he rose again. He's alive right now, and we can have relationship with him, and he's speaking to you. He's telling you something. He's he's putting on your heart. Change your mind. I know this seems irrational. I know this doesn't make sense. I know you're going away from everything that might be comfortable. But I have something for you. It's going to take trust in me. See, the blessing isn't just the fact that you step out and God starts doing something and you you see that. Like, I call it, you know, sometimes you got to get out of the parking lot before all the lights are green down the road. I mean, have you ever really seen that? You kind of come up to a parking lot and you can look down the road and every light's green and if you just beeline it, you'll never catch one? Rarely. It's always kind of the stop and go. And if we're waiting for all the lights to be green, we are missing the journey. We're missing what God has for us. We're missing an opportunity to put our trust in him and see where he's going to take us. I want that. This is just me as a human being, as a, as a pastor, as a friend, as a father. I want that for you guys. I, I want you to know what it's like to say, I have no idea what you have for me. I've been battling this addiction my entire life, but you know what, God? I trust you. And as many times as I told myself I can't, I know that you're saying I can because nothing's impossible without you. Abram knew this principle. Abram didn't argue with God. He didn't say all the reasons why this is foolish, this is irrational, like what are you doing from me? He boldly, blindly went out, and it says this in verse four. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. As simple as that. Can you believe that? Abram just went. How many things had to have been going through his mind? We can picture that, right? And what's incredible is like you would think like, oh, okay, so God told him to go and things are gonna go great for him. I know we all think that. You know, he's, he's called you somewhere. It's, it's going to be special. It's going to be great. I remember when um, I got called into full-time ministry. I literally, like, thought, like, oh, yay. I get to see people baptized and, and come to the Lord and, like, churches are going to grow and, you know, city gates are going to open up and governments are going to be changed and the nation will be awesome. And that had nothing to do with me, but that was, like, my picture of ministry. And then you realize, like, man, we are all messy and broken people and there's some, like, reality that just kind of changes there. Like, life still happened. I don't know if you know this, but just because I got a call into ministry, like, the electrical bill still came. And I was, like, 40 bucks short kind of thing. Like, life went on, right? Like, it, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a perfect path. Life still happened. And Aram quickly, or, uh, Abram quickly uh, found this. He, he goes out on a journey. He takes his wife. His wife, apparently, the Bible says, was very beautiful. Um, 
and he gets, uh, he kind of goes to this uh, place where there's a pharaoh, and the pharaoh's like, you know, I want to take her as my wife, and he just, it doesn't quite matter the entire story there, but he gets himself into a little predicament. He kind of lies that, says that it's his sister, and then pharaoh uh, gets cursed because of it. There's an issue. He, he takes his nephew Lot, and they go out on this journey, and they start accumulating animals and vegetation and all kinds of things. And one day, there's just so large that the men in each of the, you know, some followed Lot, some followed Abram and listened to them, and the men started bickering. So they had to say, hey, nephew, we got to split ways. And so his family, once again, out on the road, was broken, and Lot got himself into some trouble. Abram had to take an army and go beat a king and, and save Lot. I mean, there was just all kinds of adventure, all kinds of chaos in following the Lord. In each one of those times, Abram sees God move in his life. He sees that God goes before him and his promises stay true. You guys gotta hear that. Abram's experiencing God in his life. He's seeing him at work. He's seeing the favor that he has. And yet he still has an opportunity to trust him even more. This is what I absolutely love about our faith. As we change our mind, it's not like you just arrive one day and it's like, okay, I trust God and, and that's as far as I can go. It's like this progression. As things are revealed to us and as we trust God, we have another opportunity to trust him even more. And we have another opportunity to trust him even more. I mean, it's always new with God. That's exciting. It's always new with God. He takes us places we never thought we'd be. He asks us to do things we never thought we'd have the strength to do. He empowers us when, we, when we're at our weakest and we see his strength and we glorify him and we see him move just like Abram did. But often our humanness, you know, like those pathways in our mind that have built up lies, like, you know, maybe we kind of wrestle with one thing and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, but I know that went well, but was that coincidence or was that God? And, you know, can I really trust? And, you know, it's this battle in our mind all the time, right? Am I the only one here? Or is this like kind of hidden? Okay. It's our battle in our mind. And we see this opportunity for uh, Abram here to trust God once more. We fast forward into chapter 15, and there's a conversation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it, and then I'm just going to kind of come back to it for a moment. It says this, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I mean, God is just telling him some awesome stuff. I am your shield, your very great reward. Like, I'm with you. I got this. Here's where we all get. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? Here Abram is long in years, like close to his 90s, right? Or in, in his 90s, actually, almost like 100. And he's childless. And he's like, what, what can you give me since I remain childless? The one who will inherit my estate is Elzer from Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. And what Abram's remembering is all those years ago where God says, here, I want you to go from this country. I'm going to show you a land, and I promise that you're going to be a great nation. 
And I think like a lot of us would say is like, okay, that means I'm probably going to have a lot of children because, you know, let's get ready and make the nation, right? But all these years later, God's been silent in that area as far as Abram knows. And now Abram's like losing a little bit of that trust, losing a little bit of that faith. He's he's stepped out into the unknown and now he's like, when are you going to show up with this? Because in those days, see, Abram really appreciated and loved his servant. But in those days, what would happen is if, if you didn't have a son, then your estate or your, you know, your will would go to um, your first, uh, your oldest servant, your eldest servant. So whether you were related or not, that's who would inherit everything. Not your wife, your oldest servant. And so Abram's just like, hey man, I, I love my servant, but, but I want a child. I want, I want a son to be able to leave my legacy behind and, and give to him. And so he finds himself once again in this irrational position. He's, he's experienced God in his life. He's seen him work. He's witnessed and, and known and felt and experienced God's protection in his life when Pharaoh was going to take Abram's wife as his own. He's, he's seen in war where God has given him favor and brought him to victory. He's seen the prosper and the provision that God has given him. And yet he comes one more time with that pathway where he needs to change his mind and say, hey, one more time, you're at this crossroads. Do I trust God or don't I? Do I trust God or don't I? And the story continues. The word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. Can you imagine hearing that at 100 years old? Wow, that's crazy. He took him outside. This is God taking Abram outside. Look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Listen, dude, I know that you're old. I know that you're not getting this. I know that it seems irrational, but you're forgetting who I am. I am God. I'm God. I am an all-powerful God. I I was yesterday, today, and I will be. I know every hair on your head in the womb. I created history. History. And I'm paving it before you. I, I am, I am a, a flame before you. I, I make these promises and nobody can blot it out. I open doors that nobody can open and I close doors that nobody can close. Open, I said that backwards. You guys get me. This is God. Oftentimes, I think we, we, we perceive God through our flesh and what we've experienced in our life. And we mirror him up to that, and God cannot be compared to any of that. He is so above. It says that his ways are higher than our ways, that a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day to God. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds super cool. That's God. God. His promises cannot be brushed aside. This is a man that is 99 years old. His, his wife is around 91, 92. And God's saying, guess what? I'm gonna give you a child. I'm gonna give you everything you desire because I love you and I've promised you that. And once again, 
just like when Abram was a little bit younger, he meets God, God tells him some irrational thing that makes no sense to our human minds and our experience. And he's saying this irrational thing, just like he told him, go to the land, I'll show you. And Abram has an opportunity to say, I trust you, God, and I'm with you. Or he has an opportunity to say, no, that makes no sense to me, and I don't accept that. And Abram stops the questioning, and this is where he ends up in verse 6. It says, Abram believed the Lord and, credited, and, and he credited it to him as righteous. And righteous really just means right living. So what God's saying is like, you want to know how to live right? I mean, I hear it all the time as a pastor. is like, what's God's will for my life? What's God's will? His will is right living. His will is that you would have so much faith in him that your mind would be changed so he can change your world. That you would put your trust in him daily. And it is a daily thing. Because faith, guess what? It's not permanent. Hear me. It's not permanent. It's something that is renewed daily. It's something that you practice. You don't just trust the Lord and then all of a sudden you're free falling through life and you're like, I can't not trust him. This is something that he allows us to decide. It's kind of like one of the greatest gifts I think that my wife can give me and, and others who are, who are you know, in relationships is that she chooses to love me every day. She doesn't have to do that. But it's a choice on a daily basis. And believe me, I know this is hard to believe, but sometimes I'm not that lovable. It's probably, I know, it blows your mind, but it's true. But she chooses to do that. And, and this is what we do with God. It's this renewing of our faith on a daily basis, a renewing of trust. And this is where Abram is. And I just love that he just says, all right, I questioned you. I had my doubt. I wasn't mad at you. I just had a conversation with you because you're God and I can do that. And God just says, no, this is how it's going to be. And Abram's response isn't like, yeah, but God, you just don't understand this, this, and this. He just says, all right, I believe you. He puts his faith in him one more time and, and God does something, a miracle. And when Abram's 99 and Sarah's around 91, 92, I'm not exactly sure there, they have Isaac, their son. And God just does a miracle through that even. But see, some of us, our experience gets clouded over what's distracting us today. In these pathways, we start to tell ourselves, like, yeah, I mean, God, he, you know, back when I was 19 or 20 and now I'm, you know, 30 or 40 or whatever it might be, like, God kind of did this in my life, but, I mean, I don't know, I've kind of lived some life and I just don't see it anymore. And we really need to be like Abram was, and I love how God takes him out takes him out from all the distractions of, you know, the, the uh, Apple TV and the computers and the phone and everything. He says, no, you got to come outside with me because right now you're surrounded by stuff that's, that's clouding what I want to show you. And he simply says, look up at the stars. Count them. You can't. This is my promise to you. And some of us, we, you know, when you look at the stars, if you want to get like a total view of the stars, we really can't step out at night right out here on the corner street because the city lights kind of cloud that up. Some of us just need to get away from the distractions for a moment, just a moment, like Abram does. Get away from that, that cloudiness of what God's really trying to show us. And then just trust and believe. God is a good God. 
I love that story because that's really the story of this church. It's the story of my life and I think others too, but that's the story of this church. This church is um, five years old, five years old. And in Bismarck, North Dakota, uh, seven years ago, long story short, I'm sleeping and I just get this thumping on my heart. Now, I'm not gonna claim that I heard the audible voice of God. I'm not gonna claim that you know there was writing on the wall or something or an eagle flew by and there was a sign. It was just this impression on my heart is all I can explain to you. I will tell you that I've never had something like that happen in this way before, before this and never again since. But Duluth, Minnesota kept thumping on my heart, a city that I have only driven through because my family lives in Michigan. I had never really spent any time here. I just kind of went over the bong bridge. That's about it. And this city just kept thumping on my heart, thumping on my heart, thumping on my heart. Well, I was thinking, well, maybe then there's just something that God wants to do. Uh, Maybe I need to pray for somebody there or something like that. I don't know. It was weird. I have never had something like that happen. And all of a sudden, I just kind of say, I wake up and I say, okay, I grab a pad of paper and I go sit out in the living room and I just say, what, what do you want from me, God? Like, there's something weird. And I just wrote down this thing, love every blade of grass, love every crack in the sidewalk, and love every person there. And my life changed. <clears throat> that is a moment that I will, <clears throat> I will never forget. It's, it's a moment in time where God is always with us, but I just feel like I was right with him. It's, I don't know how to explain that. It just, his presence was like undeniable. Um, and from that moment on, it became my heartbeat. And I knew that something needed to happen in the city. And so my wife and I started to pray And we believed, we just, you know, in fact, what's so special to me, I kid you guys not, I was so overwhelmed with what God was asking me to do that I just, I said, all right, Lord, I don't even know where to read. I'm like, just allow me to open something up and speak to me because I need your word right now. This is weird. And the first verses I read was, then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but it will be a son who is your flesh and the blood and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky, count the stars, if indeed you can. Then he said to him, shall, so shall your offspring be. And verse six just pounded out in my heart. Abram believed the Lord and the Lord credited him as righteous. And I just knew in that moment after reading that, that that was a call to come to a city I'd never been in and start something. And so, it's just amazing. I mean, there's so many stories to tell you guys of what happened through that, but I, I got, I'm a big like whiteboard guy. I don't know if it's like the, the high school sports in me or something like that, um, but I got a whiteboard and I put it at the end of our bed on a wall and I just started writing names down. I started writing uh, of people, of churches, um, what, uh, praying for a children's leader, a worship leader, um, praying for finances, And one year later, I had like 25 things on this. I could not find a picture of this this week. I was really bummed. But one year later, God had answered every single one of those. Uh, When we started stepping into this church, we had had no money committed to us, just very little from our district because we are part of a denomination. We went to a church in Fergus Falls where Tim and Cindy uh, were attending. And we just told them about this church that we were doing. 
And, and like, yeah, we don't know if anybody's going to come. We don't have a building. We don't even have people, really. But, hey, we're going to go up there and something good is going to happen. Right? How irrational is that? Go to a land I will show you. And that day, the pastor gets up after I speak and he just says, hey, guys, I just want you to know um, we've actually met our entire budget this year. And so today, as we give an offering, we're giving the entire offering that comes in today to Engage Church. That day, there was like $22,000 that got handed to Engage Church. That's God providing the land that I will show you. And then, who really cares about, I mean, I love seeing God work in finances, but like, he just does that. We had checks come in, like, there was just a, there was a, a, a church in Texas that just sent us like eight or $10,000. Like we kind of felt like for no reason, they were just like, here, start up. It was just absolutely wild. I mean, I don't want to say who cares, but I, I love seeing God work in that, but it's even more special when it's inside people. And there's so many stories. of God working in people's lives. Steph and I didn't know if there would be anybody that would come with us or, or if people just thought that we were crazy. And we ended up having like eight people just completely leave their jobs, turn down promotions, turn down promotions to move here to start this church. We had a couple, Tim and Cindy, who decided to uh, leave their home of, I don't know, 150 years? How old are you again? No, I'm just kidding. I always, I'm sorry. Tim and I always just joke about his age. Um, but of like 30-some years, they raised their kids there. They had a home there. They had a home church. They had everything comfortable there, just like Aram, Abram did. And they just uprooted. And they didn't even have to put their house on the market. Some lady came knocking on their door and said, hey, once they decided to move, she came knocking on their door and said, I've, I've driven by your house many, many times. I don't know the full story, but I just, if you're ever thinking about selling, I want to I pay you this for it. That literally happened. God blessed them there. Just out of obedience. Go to a land I will show you. I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. <clears throat> and then we get here. And we start meeting people. And I wasn't in town 45 minutes then when I opened up my phone and I saw an email and it was um, my district and they said, you need to meet with this lady because she's all geeked out about like needing a church here and, and she's written our emails. And so I call her and I say, can I have coffee with you? And Mama Sandy. First cup of coffee I ever had. She didn't doubt for a minute I started to try to go into the vision and the mission, and she basically said, shut up, pastor. If you want to love people, if you want to serve this community, and if you love Jesus, I am here for you. I get texts from her all the time, blessing me, believing in me. I'm not a crier, as you can tell. Yeah. God will change your world. We started uh, meeting people through that relationship, and I will tell you right now, Sinarigis, who are out there, every single one of you, I've been in ministry for 11 years. I've met a lot of great people. I've never had a family 
embrace my family with unconditional love like you guys have. (laughs) Never an expectation. Just be who you are. And I am super cool, so it's easy to like, but (laughs) just be who you are. And they just became family. We even did a dog funeral. That was like the first one and the last one I ever did. It was pretty awesome. I mean, you get what I'm saying. I'm sorry. You know what I mean. And then years pass on and we start meeting people. And a guy named Jimmy comes in to our church. And he just hears me talk a little bit about some of my struggles in life. And he comes again. And again and again, and I don't know what you were thinking. I don't know, I mean, but you're here. And one of the best memories that I have here, Jimmy, is when we baptized you. That was a really special, man. I've seen God bring families together in this local church. I've seen God bring friends together in this local church. I've seen him do miracles through financing when we kind of were like, what are we going to do this year? And all of a sudden, just that $5,000 check or this, this system here comes and you're like, you can fight another day. I've seen him bring great leaders. I've seen him influence this city. You guys realize that we, we have church inside a bar event center? <laughs> I don't know if you really realize that. But these days in our culture, man, like, that's not something that a lot of owners would want to be a part of because it means something when you tie yourself to that. But Alex here and the staff have been awesome. We've had some people uh, really that are a part of this, this church. It, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just a miracle. The guy who uh, put in our septic tank, we, we, um, we built a house here, Warren. And you came out with your beat up bulldozer. And I thought you were super cool. And we just started talking. And uh, just invited you to church because let's be honest, we just needed people to show up. And you came. You came a few times and you and Phyllis have been coming strong ever since. You helped. Well, he gives me a ride to church every morning or every Sunday. He helps put up chairs here, and he tells me, I mean, I I hope I'm not overstepping, but he tells me how he's reading through John, the book of John, and first of all, I was shocked that he can read. I mean, I love Warren, but I'm kidding, but Warren's just a special man, and God's shaping his life, and um, it's just special to see what God's done, and all I'm saying is, no credit to me. Just glory to God. But what if we would have just said no to all that? What if when God was asking my wife and I to move and make a move that we would say no? We'd miss all of this. And what he'd have. And the life change that he's brought. And so it's with heavy heart and, and um, that I tell you the next step in my wife and I's journey. Uh, a while back, God's just uh, put on our heart that it's time for us to, to move, to move uh, 
to move on. That we've, um, we've built a lot of relationships here. We've uh, done what we feel we needed to do. I've always felt like I'm, a, I'm more of a groundbreaker than a longevity guy. I'm really not afraid to risk. One of the things that I am probably the most proud of in my life, and I don't say this as arrogance, is just that that story changed my life and I will always go when God says go. Because I've seen the blessing on the other side of that. And it's a season in our life, I know that some of you will be floored by that. I know that some of you might be hurt by that. I was always told by a pastor that there's three emotions that we go through when we go through a process like this. Is that first we're sad, then we're mad, and then we're glad. And all three of those things are normal. I just want you to know that. I'm glad that you're sad, if you are, because that shows that we had a connection. I understand when you're mad because there's confusion and when we're, when we're called the irrational moves in our life, not everybody understands it. What I would ask you in that is to trust my faith in Christ and Steph's faith in Christ in that and that we're making a move for our family and what he's calling us to do. And then when you're glad, I say be glad because that means that God has fulfilled what he said he's gonna do and somebody else is here that you guys love and embrace and I am happy for that. I pray for that. I want that for you. And I know it'll happen. Tim's going to talk to you a little bit here. Um, I'm here until the end of the month. I just pray that you guys continue to, to be around. I'm open to any questions that you guys have. Um, please be praying for our leadership and, and the district and, and everything. But I will say that I'm very confident, even though this is like one of the hardest things that Steph and I has ever had to do as far as moving goes, I'm very confident in where God has us going. And um, he's already worked a lot of miracles in our lives um, that we just weren't expecting. And it's kind of like these breadcrumbs along the path that he's just showing us here in the right way. But I will tell you that this is hard. There's no way that I can express what this is all meant to me. And just the fact that God let me be a little part of it. Is something I just will never forget. Um, so I just want Tim to maybe answer some questions that could be out there. I mean, not like we're going to raise hand, but appreciate them. Yeah. And I, I just want to spend a couple of minutes, and I won't take much, of, much time, uh, just to kind of lay out a little bit of what's going to happen, because we know that there's a lot of questions, and we want to try to answer as many of those questions for you before they, they become confusing to you. This, this is tough, and, um, and as Josh mentioned, you guys are going to go through some emotions, and um, different emotions for every one of you. And I want to let you know that we have a, a great group of people in place to help you work through those emotions. And I'm going to tell you who those are in just a bit. Um, but first, I want to just mention kind of what the plan is going to be. Um, as Josh mentioned, we're part of a, of a larger group of churches. It's not all that important that you know that, but it, we, we're connected with the dot denomination 
Church of the Nazarene. And uh, many churches throughout the country and a lot of churches in our general area. And our uh, district leader, um, his name is Steve Hoffman. Some of you have men, men, met him. Uh, he has been working and is going to continue to work very hard to be able to find the right person to replace Josh. Now, I know Pastor uh, Steve Hoffman very well. He's a dear friend of mine. And the thing that's really cool, and I've shared this with a few people since we've known this, is that um, Steve understands Engage. He's been a part of that. Actually, he's the pastor that Josh was talking about um, uh, previously. He's been a mentor to Josh. He's been involved in this. So he knows what Engage is all about. And I'm just very, very confident and comfortable in his leadership to be able to guide us to the next person that's going to take, the, uh, take over from where Josh left. As Josh mentioned, he's going to be here through the end of March. March 31st is going to be his, his last Sunday. Um, and then after that, uh, Pastor Hoffman will be here for the next three Sundays, the first three Sundays in April, including Palm Sunday and Easter. Um, and so we'll have that. Um, and then after that, we'll be kind of just playing it, figure out where we go. But I can guarantee you and give you confidence that we're going to have great people in the in, in intermediate time as well for being speaking and, and all that. We've got a great leadership group here that have all are all familiar with what's going on and they're all staying in place and they're going to continue to do what they do. And so we're just very, very thankful for that leadership group um, that's doing that. Now, as I mentioned, uh, you guys are going to go through some tough times, possibly. You're going to have some questions. And as I mentioned, too, we've got a group of, of people in place to help you walk through that. Uh, our leadership team, which uh, includes Tom and Mariah and um, Andy and Levi and Brandon and Leah and then Cindy and myself. And then also we've got um, uh, John and Emily Meyer and uh, Mark and Audrey Cenaregi that are all there to, to help you walk through this process. So if you're, if you're struggling with anything, you've got questions at all, feel free to contact any one of us and we'll help you walk through that process. And then also we mentioned that March 31st is going to be Josh's last Sunday. We want to make that Sunday a really, really special Sunday. So we really want to encourage you guys to all be here. We're going to have some special time of celebration and be able to send them off with love and everything like that. So again, this is going to be a tough morning. It's a tough thing to, to go through. Uh, I just want to encourage you just to you know, talk to who you need to talk to, and, and we are available for you on that. I just want to pray with you guys uh, one last time if I could. So you guys can sit or stand or do some push-ups, whatever you'd like to do. <laughs> Lord, we just love you. We thank you so much um, that you're just a, such a God that we can trust, we can serve, we can walk towards and, and believe in. Uh, thank you for being consistent in our lives. Thank you for the joy that you bring us. And thank you for the journey that you take us on. Uh, just continue to pray for this local church. I've seen you work long before we were here. I've seen you work while we're here, and I know you'll be working long after uh, we're here. And it's just, uh, it's just amazing uh, what you have for this church. And, and so um, as they uh, go through this process and we go through this together, we just pray that you bring us all closer together, that you strengthen this local body, 
um, and you bring favor just like you did uh, with Abram. We love you this morning. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, God bless you guys. Thanks again for listening to the Engaged Church Duluth podcast. If you enjoy learning with us and want to be notified when a new episode drops, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and help us get the word out by rating us there. And then share us on social media with all of your friends. And don't forget, you can find more resources on our website and even watch the video version of this message. We can't wait to connect with you again next week.